This episode is brought to you by Marantz Model 40N, ISA's Smart Amplifier of the Year. The most musical sound simplified. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Darko Audio Podcast. Now, joining me this time is actually, he's in Singapore uh, touring a new product, which we're going to talk about today. This is uh, Kaz Ostfogel, who is the product manager for NAD. Did I get that right, Kaz? Did I say your name Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah, pretty good. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Kaz, we're going to talk about a new NAD amplifier today, right? Yep. And perhaps we can step through it very basically. So what's it called? It's called the C3050LE. Okay. And now this is an integrated, right? It's an integrated amplifier. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. How many watts per channel? Uh, two by 100 into 8 ohms. And these are NAD watts. NAD watts. Now, NAD, as far as I'm aware, you're no doubt going to correct me if I'm wrong, you don't really do Class A B amps anymore, do you? Uh, no, other than the C316, uh, that's the last class AB amplifier that we do. And so, yes, we've changed over to D for just about everything. Right. Now, in the 3050LE, you're using your hybrid digital modules. Can yeah. you exp explain to us what that, what that means? I mean, I know it's pretty technical and I'm a bit hazy, but um no I, actually it's not really all that technical um the, the thing is that there seems to be an ongoing confusion that class d stands for digital yes when really it isn't and mm -hmm. in fact there are only very very few uh true digital amplifiers and nad had a truly digital amplifier way back in 2008 mm -hmm. 2007 called the m2 which was basically like a uh, a D to A converter with 200 watts output power, mm. um, and that was that was that was quite a remarkable product at the time. That actually it still is. Mm. Um, then we moved on to the hybrid digital platform, which is um, just analog class D. So it takes mm. in an analog signal, and an analog signal obviously comes out. Whereas with the hybrid digital. Uh, amplifiers, uh, sorry, the direct digital amplifiers that we uh, did, um, they were uh, indeed like this. It only understands a digital PCM signal. And if you wanted mm. to get an analog signal in, you would actually need an A to D converter uh, mm. to get sound out of it. So in that sense, that's why we made this difference, because we started off with direct digital and we moved over to hybrid digital. But it's not digital. <laughs> it's, it's class D, right? Yes. And <laughs> I think, yeah, it, yeah. So perhaps we may be partly tiny, weeny bit guilty in terms of con creating confusion. And I think mm -hmm. the, because um, the way a class D amplifier works is with, with uh, pulse width modulation, which is a very digital looking signal. Mm -hmm. And it is about switching on and off. Um, and the way that works. But in principle, that on and off switching is a purely analog driven signal, um, mm -hmm. not by 
uh, a PCM signal, pulse code modulation system, which which would be purely digital. Um, so because of that resemblance, I suppose that uh, it works with a PWM signal is why we call it hybrid digital. Okay. I mean, the way I tend to separate them in my mind is that if there is a DAC chip inside, then it cannot be a pure digital amplifier because the digital signal goes all the way through to the output stage, right? So there can't be a, an interceding DA converter chip. But I, I, would, yeah. I would assume that in your 3050, there is a DAC chip in there, right? There is, yes. Okay. So there's a DAC chip and there's a phono stage, right? MM yes. phono stage? Yep. And there's also a Blue OS... It's a module, isn't it? Is it one of those sort of plug-in modules, the MDC 2.0 things? Absolutely, yeah. That's exactly what it is. Uh, the module in full is called MDC 2 BlueOS D, where BlueOS obviously stands for the BlueOS operation system, and the D stands for Dirac. Okay, so it's got Dirac Live on board as well. Yep. So what we've got here is an integrated amplifier, obviously got a DAC inside because it would have to decode the BlueOS module's output, and you've got Dirac live room correction, MM phono stage, 100 watts per channel, hybrid digital, which is class D. It's definitely not digital. Okay, that's the story so far. Now, the price of this amplifier is going to be $1,972. US I think I have that right. Absolutely correct. And you're going to make 1,972 units because LE means limited edition, right? Absolutely right. Yes, again. Yeah, correct. Okay, so 1972. This this must be ringing some bells, right? I guess this is because NAD is celebrating 50 years in the business this year, and it was founded in 1972. So this is an anniversary celebration model, right? It's exactly what it is, yes. Okay, so you're marking your 50th anniversary with this 3050 LE amplifier. Now, yes. I guess th there is a twist to this story, isn't there? I mean, as if limited edition isn't enough, because in paying tribute to NAD's sort of heritage and past, the way that this amplifier looks isn't like modern NAD amplifiers, is it? No, not quite. The only thing that it has in common is that it's the same width, 43 and a half centimeters. Hmm. So can you tell us what's different? What have you done? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, this is where uh, a podcast can benefit from uh, for pictures, I suppose. Um, but uh, that, that's a good thing as well uh, for people to uh, be to be going on a little bit of a mystery tour. Mm -hmm. um, this amplifier, uh, if you were to look at it, you would think that this stems from 1975 type of thing. Mm. So it has whopping big VU meters on front, which mm -hmm. uh, look marvelous, but frankly speaking, don't really suit any real purpose. Um, it has... Hang on, can I stop you there? What, what, what do you mean they don't really suit any real purpose? I mean, they must move with the music, right? Oh, yes, they do. Um, mm. But it doesn't really tell you anything. And, and there's actually a switch with which you can make the meters move uh, through the incoming signal. So if you're playing at a really low levels, the needles still bounce nicely uh, up and down. And mm. if you flick the switch the other way, then the louder you play the music, the more movement the VU meters will show you. Okay. Um, it's... It looks great. It looks fantastic. Uh, but 
other than entertainment value, I've got to be brutally honest, it doesn't do much. Right. But I think the appeal of VU meters is pretty strong amongst hi-fi enthusiasts of a certain stripe. Yeah. And you know what? It's I actually like it as well. I, I think it looks brilliant. Hmm. And also, I mean, I've, I have seen photos. I'll put photos in the show notes for this podcast so people can have a look. Um, there, the, 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 is it like in a wooden wrap? Is that what it is? It a wooden wrap? No, it's actually uh, the limited edition is has a true, true, real wood veneer cover on mm. it in uh, in a walnut finish. So mm. it's it's uh, it's actually very nice the way it's been finished. So from that point of view, it looks pretty good. Right. So is it the sides and the top that are um, covered in the walnut veneer? Is that right? Yes. And then the front and the back are sort of a, a black, um, black metal finish, right? Yeah, the front panel is the uh, and is like more or less a traditional NAD grey, mm-hmm. and um, the reason it looks the way it does is because we we chose a model um, from that era that was mm. the first model to sport the. Uh, square NAD logo with NAD in it and oh, okay. uh, to be the black sort of finish. So, which I think a true sort of typical NAD hallmarks of, of the way it looks. And um, the other thing it has, uh, the very first NAD units would have in very curly letters written on the front panel, a new acoustic dimension, which mm. is what NAD stands for. And mm. the original unit, the 3030, has both. So has the NAD logo and the new acoustic dimension. And you will find that exact uh, uh, NAD logo and the curly writing and the product description, which declares itself to be a stereophonic amplifier <laughs> on the front panel of the C3050LE as well. So you've based the 3050LE on the 3030, is that right? Yes, yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, so this was kind of like a a decision at NADHQ, which I'm sure you would be obviously part of, or maybe leading, you decided, okay, we do, we've got our 50th birthday coming up. What can we do that's going to be special? Let's honor something from the past. And you've chosen the 3030 to kind of not revitalize that model, because obviously the internals are very different in terms of yep. amplified topology, but make something that nods very heavily aesthetically to the past, but maintaining a very, um, I, I mean, I have to use the term that I use a lot, a very sort of futurify functionality set because you've got streaming, room correction, phono stage. Was was there a phono stage in the original 3030? Yes, it being a product of the uh, mid-1970s, it definitely had a pretty decent phono stage even. Right, but there wouldn't be a DAC, would there? No, absolutely not. And there certainly wouldn't be a modular streaming streaming board. <laughs> nope. Or room correction or anything like that. Nope, nope, nope. Right. Okay. So, I mean, I've seen this thing. I mean, I think there's been a few pictures already, obviously published, of the, uh, the 3050 LE. And to me, it sort of dovetails nicely into, say, for example, your sister company's PSB loudspeakers, that is, their new passive... 50 loudspeaker, which is also a 50th anniversary edition that also nods heavily to the past, right? <laughs> Absolutely. It's basically 
pretty much the same formula that we applied on the C3050 LE um, mm. was done for the uh, PSB Passive 50s as well. Um, so again, this is a thoroughly modern loudspeaker uh, with a heavy knot towards its forebearer, the Passive 2 loudspeaker. Uh, mm. Also from the sort of mid-70s era, I believe 1975 as well. Mm. Um, and again, if, if if you look at it at a distance, you would mistake it for an amplifier, for, for, sorry, for a loudspeaker that is indeed from the mid-70s. So mm. um, not entirely coincidental if you put the speakers side by side with the amplifier, it really makes for a very nice retro looking combo. And even the wood finish is the same. So the uh, PSBs ah. use the same walnut veneer finish as the cover on the 3050 LE. Oh, I see. I didn't know that. Well, that is interesting. I guess that helps that you're both sort of under the same sort of Lenbrook ownership banner. Yeah. Um, are there tone controls on the front panel of the new one? Yeah, good old-fashioned rotary bass and treble tone controls. And they work in the analog domain? Um, they work in the analog domain, but they are electronic controls in the way it actually works. So um, it's not like an old-fashioned volume, a, a, a rotary potentiometer, uh, but mm. it's like an encoder that, that, that sends pulses and that tells uh, what to do, uh, add bass or subtract bass and or treble. Um, but it's still analog domain, yes. Okay, so... I mean, because yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the photo right now. Actually, I've just pulled it up, and it, I can notice also a headphone socket on the front. Yeah, is that a, is sort of a direct drop from the main circuit, or is that a dedicated? No, headphone that's amp? a dedicated headphone amp. It's it's a oh, pretty decent okay. headphone amp. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's that is super interesting. And I can, are they green LEDs that sit above the the uh, the source selector buttons? Yes, and. Um, Actually, we had to reappropriate the layout of the buttons because if you were to look at the original 3030, you will see that that row of buttons was uh, a high filter, a mono stereo, uh, mute, uh, so five different sort of functions. And there was one rotary button that just said phono, tuner, auxiliary, and then you had two tape monitors on the right-hand side, which which mm. wasn't really suitable for our purposes. So what we did is those push buttons are now input buttons. So uh, for uh, HDMI, for phono, for uh, uh, optical input, coaxial input, and I'm forgetting one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so there's five inputs there. And then all the way on the right-hand side, where the tape monitor buttons on the original would be, um, we have um, a touch control with which you can engage the streaming section, and below it, uh, a Bluetooth uh, send-receive uh, thing as well. So that was a way of, of getting all the inputs there, and mm. that rotary switch uh, for inputs um has become speakers a b switching which is also fairly typical of of that era uh yeah. with next to it a balance control and then two rotary controls on the left for bass and treble the original actually has one rotary button more than the 3050 does okay so does, does this have therefore two loudspeaker outputs it does yeah uh, okay 
And the the buttons that sort of activate the streaming module, do they therefore talk to the the inserted Blue OS card? Yes, directly. Oh, I see. And also the HDMI input that you mentioned, is that on the Blue OS board or is that built into the amp itself? It's built into the amp itself. So uh, if you were to use the amplifier without the board, then um, that HDMI connector will work as well as an input. Gotcha. So it's a bit like the phono stage. It's just another input there. So you've got yep. the, obviously the, the DAC is part of the amp and not part of the Blue OS board. Absolutely, yes. So you can use the amplifier without the uh, without the board. And at a later stage, we will offer this amplifier in a version without the wooden cover, without the module. It becomes optional, uh, ah. which, of course, has an impact on price. Instead, it will have a metal cover, which will be uh, with a wood vinyl uh, covering over it, which actually was fairly typical of that era of amplifiers as well. So, um, but otherwise, it's going to be absolutely identical to what you see there. Okay, and I think we should point out that it's HDMI eARC, not HDMI yes. arc. So, it's the the, um, the the higher bandwidth version of HDMI arc, which I know some people like. And then the BlueOS module does that do the same as most other BlueOS modules? In that it does sort of Spotify Connect, AirPlay two two-way bluetooth does it do rune ready as well or is that in the in sort of in, in process uh it is actually rune ready uh and i'm pretty certain that by now it has already been certified because okay. all of it is pretty much an existing platform um, yes, that, yes. that rune is really familiar with so it's for them there's nothing new under the sun here ah uh, okay i mean you've, you've packed a lot in this but it, it, it kind of i mean for me i, I mean i hate to be personal but this really talks to me because I love this sort of vintage styled stuff. I know many other people do. A lot of people think it's just superfluous, silly sort of romanticism. But if you were not there necessarily, and I was not, I mean, in 72, I was zero years old, right? I was born that year. <laughs> okay. So I, was, I wasn't there. It was so 75, I think you said, was when the first 3030 came out. So mm -hmm. I wasn't there to sort of feel the sort of, well, in the UK, from what I've read, it was a sort of fairly dark and dingy kind of time um but i know that obviously the nad is no longer british owned and it's now owned by the canadian company lenbrook so there's been a shift there obviously 50 years has gone by so things have obviously changed but i i love the look of this thing i just i love the look of the psb speakers and i think it's interesting that you're going to introduce so the the non-limited one i'm going to assume will be called the c3050 absolutely correct yep and that will not be $1,972? No, first of all, because it will be sold without the module. Yeah. Uh, it becomes optional. And mm. the way actually, uh, and i, I got to be honest, the European pricing is all over the place now because it's because of, of, of currency exchange rates and, mm. and factory costs. But the way it will end up is that this amplifier will actually take its place in our normal amplifier lineup, although it's a, obviously a bit of a uh, an oddball in, in the normal line of NAD amplifiers. So we have the C368 at 80 watts, and we have the uh, C389, which will be appearing soon, which we've already announced, which will be mm. 130 watts. And this amplifier slots in with its 100 watts and 
in price will slot in exactly between those two. Um, mm -hmm. So it's it's it makes for a logical sort of progression uh, in the amplifier lineup. Um, but yeah, I, I genuinely think that you would choose this amplifier because of its charming looks. Mm. So the the non limited one, so the the normal C three thirty fifty, is going to mm -hmm. sell for thirteen hundred US dollars. We do know this in terms of American money, but if you want to buy the the Blue OS module with Dirac on it, that's another five hundred and forty nine. Yes. Right. So it's going to come in roughly the same kind of money, but if you jump on the limited edition, you get the fancy finish. Yes. Right. I see. Okay. This all makes perfect sense. So you're only going well, to make just, just shy of 2,000 of that limited edition. So people, are, I guess, uh, and have to Actually, be <laughs> um, what you will get as well is that on the back panel, there will be a little plaque, metal plaque, uh, engraved with this is serial number, let's say, uh, 532 out of mm. 972. And we'll give you a little certificate with it as well. And to be really consistent, it actually comes in packaging the same way as we printed uh, our cartons back in the day as well. So huh. it, <laughs> we followed through completely. Right. So you've really dotted all the I's and crossed all of the T's on this one. I like to think that we did, yes. So I have some more sort of general questions about this, Kaz, if I may. So oh, please. Well, let me start with... Maybe the obvious one on um, sort of, I think that some of my audience will want to know why did, why, <laughs> why didn't you, oh God, why didn't you, I guess, rebirth the 3020? Um, I, I think that is a very valid question. And we were really going in that direction initially. Mm. Uh, yeah. The reason why we didn't is that because the 3020 is sort of an unusual sort of amplifier and only if you have knowledge of NAD's history and you're into audio, would you know that the 3020, uh, when it was launched, was a really special amplifier and ended up the world's most sold amplifier. Whereas mm. um, we wanted something that, if you were to look at it, would immediately evoke that sort of 1970s uh, sentiment with the VU mm. meters. So we've gone for what we felt was a pretty box very pragmatic mm. right okay so i mean because the well also you've you already i guess in some ways you already sort of redid the 3020 about 10 years ago right with the what's it called the d3020 yeah, d3020 and that was that was uh, a reinterpretation of the original 3020 so uh, thoroughly modern with modern sort of features like it, it does Bluetooth, uh, has a phono stage. It's a class D. It's completely different in, in terms of what the original 3020 was uh, in, mm. in a form factor and also completely different from any normal amplifier with it being an upright uh, yes. little amplifier. Um, so, yeah, it's, that was completely different. So... It, spiritual successor i suppose right because the the d3020 looked like a bit of a hard drive didn't it like sitting i know you could lay it on its side if you wanted to but yeah generally speaking it looked like an upright hard drive with a big uh, volume some people front. actually uh thought at first instance like it was a little video projector ah. with the volume <laughs> knob <laughs> so uh it's it's been called all sorts of things okay and the d3020 so the the modern version the one that was issued 
first of all, 10 years ago. Does that or did that have hybrid digital amplification inside? It was one of the very first products that we did to use the uh, hybrid digital UCD amplifier. Ah, okay. So it's, it's UCD. So have you refined that sort of tech in the last 10 years? Um, yes, we have. And I think, uh, uh, and already at the time, uh, we pretty early on identified UCD as one of the best sounding and also completely load invariant class D amplifier. So it sounds consistent regardless of what speaker you connect to it. Um, I think one of the nice things is, is that uh, NAD, and, and to my knowledge, we're the only company that actually builds our own modules, whereas mm. everybody else buys them from Hypex. Um, and that means that, and, and we do this under a strict set of rules uh, by Hypex to make sure that, that's, that, that we do the right thing to them. But it, it also allows us to, to tweak, tailor um, the interaction with the module a little bit. So, um, yeah, I like to think that, that, that we get some really good performance out of it, not typical for your average UCD amplifier that you would find otherwise. So do you, sorry, to be clear, because I'm, I'm a bit hazy, sorry. Do you make the UCD modules yourself or do you buy them in from yeah. elsewhere? Nope, we, we make them. Okay. And can I ask where you make them? In China, to be honest. Whereas actually, I believe uh, the uh, original ones come from as well. Right, okay. And so will the the new 3050 LE and the non-limited one also be made in China? Yes, they will be. Okay. Now, you're in Malaysia right now, Kaz, is that right? Um, in Singapore. I'll be on my way to Malaysia next week. Oh, okay. Sorry, I got that wrong. It sounds like I've got jet lag, but I'm sure you're the one with jet lag. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, does, is this the sort of – because you're the project – sorry, the product manager for NAD, and so you're the big cheese. Does this mean you're starting to sort of now start touring this new model? Yes, we are. Um, so it's going to be at a show in Malaysia next week. Uh, mm. It will be in Toronto, of course, uh, uh, Lembrook's home base at the uh, Toronto Audio Fest. And uh, in a uh, week after next, uh, mm. It will be at the Paris Audio Show, so it's it's starting to make the rounds. Right. Okay. But it's is it available to buy yet or no? Um, I think you can reserve one, and they mm. they are being manufactured. Um, so it it's it's going to be some time uh, with shipping and everything. But uh, the units that we're showing are actual production units as well. Um, mm. So. Uh, in time, the pipeline will get filled, and by the sound of it, it will be uh, emptied pretty quickly as well. Because we may have underestimated the quantity, but there you go. I think you might have done because one of the greatest motivators I see for people to buy something is FOMO, fear of missing out. <laughs> so if it, if it's a limited edition, I mean, I, I've seen this with Technics. Um, I saw this with a headphone company a few years ago. They produced a limited edition version of this model or this model, and they sell out in a heartbeat because people are worried that if they sit on their hands, they're going to miss out completely. Yep, that's potentially true. And, mm. and yeah, indeed, limited is limited. Can I ask another sort of general question about the sort of genesis of this product? The 
the original sort of I'm, I'm going to assume you had some kind of board meeting like what we're going to do for our 50th birthday yeah so am I, al- <laughs> okay, am I allowed to ask um why i mean we've sp- we've spoken about why you didn't do the 30 20 um so the to come back to that so why why did you sort of hone in on the 30 30 as the sort um, of the inspiration the 30 30 is the amplifier that led up to the 30 20 in that sense for us internally that was actually quite a pivotal sort of product uh-huh. um it uses uh uh the power supply and the power supply layout is pretty identical to that other 3020. It also mm. uses the exact same output devices, which were so crucial in the success of the 3020. Um, so it has all the hallmarks of the 3020 in it. The thing is, with its aluminium front panel and with the VU meters and with the nice uh, uh, buttons, the metal buttons on the front, it's it was also a lot more expensive to manufacture. So mm. um, the 3020 is a design that has been distilled out of the 3030 by reducing its power output a little bit, by instead of using a metal front panel to give it a plastic front panel, using plastic buttons instead of nicely metal buttons, um, and some other cost-saving measures like the VU meters, um, mm. disappeared on the 3020 to be replaced with five LEDs that will happily blink up and down as you play the music louder. Mm. Um, so all of that sort of thing led to the 3020 and also with a fairly, uh, with with a cost reduction for what you would get in the end. But the 3030 actually sounds pretty similar to a 3020 uh, mm. and is even... 10 watts more powerful than the 3020. So it's uh, 30 watts as opposed to 20 watts, which is still 50% more. And mm. it's it's a bigger difference than if you were to go from 50 watts to 60 watts, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it does have a little bit more balls, if you like. So basically the, the 20 and the 3020 refers to 20 watts per channel, and yes. the 30 and the 3030 refers to 30 watts per channel. Yes, I see. Okay, but you've moved to this hybrid digital, so now you're offering 100 watts per channel. So do you, I mean, because I've owned several 3020s, some of the original ones, right? And I even had one of those driving a pair of Magnapan MMGs, like a (laughs) four-ohm, flat four-ohm speaker, and it it really didn't have a problem with that. It didn't didn't blow up, (laughs) or it didn't shut down, so... (laughs) Yes, I know that, that them- exactly was the reason why the thirty twenty was so successful. But the thirty thirty will do that as well, mm. and as such, it was a little bit underrated. Um, but repackaging the thirty thirty in into the thirty twenty by all of the things that I just mentioned, um, that is when the success for that amplifier really took off. And yeah, uh, as you say, uh, the Maggies were not exactly the easiest loudspeaker to drive. Oh, that yeah. is an understatement. Um, and uh, yeah, the 3020 happily drives them without issues. And even to a relatively loud level, I'm, I'm pretty sure you, you tried that out. Yeah, well, I had no problem with headroom or gain or anything like that. It was, it was totally fine. Um, but we know that there are still 3020s knocking about in various iterations because I know there was like the was the original then the was it A B C D E F G H I or something like that. Uh, the, the exact sequence is 
the 3020 Series 20, mm-hmm. then came the 3020A, then came the 3020B, then came the 3020E, and then came the 3020I. So ah, okay. those are all the amplifiers, 3020, that are effectively the same amplifier. Um, mm. And here and there with a few minor iterations, but always crucial, same power supply, same output devices, uh, basically the same pre-amplifier section, although there were some minor changes there as well, but they were tweaks more than anything else. And the form factor changed as well with the introduction of the 3020E, which is a lot thinner than the original mm. 3020 was. Yeah, I think I had an E or an I, I'm not sure. This is like years ago back in Australia. Um, I'll have to look in my photo archive, but I guess there are still many 3020s, the originals, in their various incarnations, knocking about on the used market. Oh, yes. But I mean, I've, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right, but I, I don't know about the 3030. I mean, do, you, do, do they come up very often, Kaz, or no? They don't. They don't. Um, uh, and as a matter of fact, because I've been trying to find – 3030s and uh we've been buying 3030s also to be part of of uh the marketing and mm. and all the rest of it and mm. they're not easy to find and if <laughs> just by making this statement and people listening to your podcast price just went up well maybe but also maybe <laughs> people will get in touch with you and say, oh, like, I've got one and maybe I can bring one to, to Toronto, assuming you oh, don't yes. have one. For, but maybe you do have one for Toronto. I don't know. Um, yes, we actually do have one for Toronto and we have a couple here in Europe as well. Mm-hmm. Um, one of which is actually pretty nice, really pristine, well looked after. So that, that is really good. Um, mm. And we got one that is still pretty decent, but uh, some has been knocked about a little bit, as you can you can tell. Sorry, I have one more question. Why is it called the 3050? Um, because it's... it's Because uh, <laughs> well, it's not so 50 watts a channel. So it's, no, 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 I, absolutely. Um, and uh, so that meant that we could leave that well apart, but it being 100 watts and uh, trying to make it sit a little bit in, in the rest of the line... Um, mm. 3050, even though it's a four-digit number, it seemed a little bit more logical to do that. So um, it was it was a very arbitrary sort of decision. The four-digit still has um, connotations to the old model number uh, that right. we had, but we didn't want it to imply that this would be 30 watts as well. Obviously, this is far more powerful than the original. Right. So I guess you couldn't do 3100 and you couldn't do uh, 3100 because that wouldn't work either, would it? So- <laughs> and we did a 3100 oh, you did? years okay. ago, yes. <laughs> okay. As if it's not confusing enough. Huh. Uh, no, yes, exactly. All right, so let me come back to the, the, the fun part, right? Because you're, you're going to send me a 3050LE, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. and, and if everything goes to plan... I'm actually going to partner that with the Passive 50 from PSB. Excellent. And I, I don't know how many of those you're going to get back. We'll see. Um, <laughs> okay. But for, the, but for the 3050 LE review, we're going to do something a bit different because if, if I've understood our previous conversations correctly, Kaz, you're going to send me an original 3030 as well for a comparison? 
Yes. Marvelous. Is that coming from your own? I mean, because you, I mean, am I allowed to say you have a little archive of vintage NAD amps? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> and not just NAD. And according to my better half, we have a couple of garages <laughs> stacked full of old <laughs> 70s really? hi fi stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, a large part of, of my NAD products will actually be on show at the Paris exhibition. Um, so there will be uh, a, a 3020 with a matching tuner. There will be mm. a 5120 turntable, which was a really unique sort of contraption as far as turntables are concerned. Uh, there is a 3030 there. That So all, a whole bunch of old NAD stuff where you can see how NAD progressed over the years. Mm. So it's a bit like you're a private art collector who's loaning some of his collection out to a gallery to demonstrate it or display it for a, for a short while. Uh, in this particular case, <laughs> by way of great exception, yes. And in the end, I, I think it's important to recognize that this is really a thoroughly modern amplifier using the same amplification that we use uh, throughout the line. So it's... it's, it's um, uh, yeah, it does all the usual things you'd expect. And am I allowed to ask, is this going to be the only anniversary product you put out in the next 12 months, or do you have more stuff coming down the pike? No, we don't have anything really planned. Uh, but who knows? I mean, if this this becomes suddenly a, an outrageous sort of success, we may be tempted, but it's it's really not on the cards. And frankly speaking, mm. I suspect we're not looking to to duplicate our amplifier range with more vintage models. Mm. Um, by the same token, never say never. Right, but you would agree with me, perhaps, that maybe we're seeing more and more vintage-style loudspeakers, at least. You've got Mission, Wharfdale, JBL, mm -hmm. PSB, we've already mentioned. They seem to be sort of becoming fashionable again right that that sort of 70s aesthetic and it probably won't last for forever no i agree but i mean I, i'm really enjoying it right now you know i think it's um it's good for now um you know what in a way i i think it's a pity that NED wasn't started in 1970 because we had this idea all along that when we're 50 we're going to do something knew something strange and we're uh, going to make okay. a vintage amplifier. And if, if we'd done it two years ago, we, we would have been one of the first, I, I think. But it's, uh, that doesn't make what we have now any less fun. No, uh, of course, uh, no. <laughs> so it's, uh, uh, it, it's the same thing with turntables. Turn everybody said when, when turntables started to, to have a revival, and mm. everybody thought, well, okay, so this is going to last one year. This is going to last two years, three years, five years. It's now 10 years in a row, and it's and it's still growing. So mm. who knows what this may do? Because um, in their own way, that design is starting to become timeless almost. So it, never say never. Mm. I mean, I think it's an exceptionally smart business move. I mean, aside from the sort of the, the vintage aspect and the romanticism, I think it's you know as as IAG have demonstrated with the well they they're bringing some new castle loudspeakers to market soon vintage <laughs> yeah, style right I, I read so that yes right so and that you've the got league amplifiers yeah. yeah right league amplifiers yes that's another good example of a sort of vintage style amp I, I think 
And I don't know, like I, I, I do have mixed feelings. I mean, I know I say it's a good thing, but you know, it could become a little bit trite if it's overdone, right? If, you, if, if too many people do it, you're going to be rolling your eyes like here's another vintage speaker or amplifier. But I think done in a measured way, maybe this is probably a good thing that you're not doing anything else. Well, that that is why we're thinking of this is our anniversary model, and mm. you only go mad one time. So um, we never thought about doing more models and and we'll just have to see how this goes. But even then, this is the anniversary model. Our 50th mm. birthday is why we did it. And that's it. Mm. Cool. Well, I think this is, I mean, I'm looking forward to getting a sample. I really am. I mean, I know you and I have discussed this over the preceding months because well, we have to plan these things and I knew this was coming, but I think it's really, really cool. And this is one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you about it actually, because I think it's a little bit, it's it's different enough from say, I don't want to say just another integrated because I don't want to do a disservice to the hardworking engineers who put out, you know, integrated amps that look quite traditional, but because the, of the vintage aesthetic and it seems to be jiving with what I'm covering right now, because today we shot a video about the Mission 770. Yeah, so, you know, and I got the Passive 50 coming up. So it just, it all seems to be sort of talking to sort of one little corner of the audio world. So I thought I'd sort of expand upon that, you know, whilst I had the opportunity. So, um, Kaz, thank you very much for joining us today. And I'm, I'm sorry if I've um, kept you up past your bedtime. <laughs> I'll survive. <laughs> the jet lag will hang over a little bit more. No problem. It was a joy. Thank you very much, Kaz. Thank you.